Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Welcome to the podcast, y'all. I don't ever say y'all in real life, but I thought about doing it now. I just want to say before I start the episode, cotton candy grapes are the best. Those suckers, like, I don't really like actual grapes, <laughs> but whenever there's cotton candy grapes on sale at the grocery store, I'm going to buy one really quickly. Had a few of them before this episode, get a little re-energized, a little sugar hit, ready to do this. Today, I wanted to talk about loving yourself at your heaviest, or if you aren't at your heaviest, but just loving yourself when you don't feel super great about your body. And I know if I would have heard someone say this, um when I was going through bulimia, I would have probably turned off the podcast immediately. So please keep on listening. Just give me a second to explain myself. The reason I would have done that was because I didn't want to hear people talk about how I need to accept my body and love myself how I am, because I felt like that was unacceptable. And I felt like that was just giving up. That was weak. And that was not caring. And it was just an excuse. That's really what I thought. I obviously don't think that now. So if you're thinking that, please continue listening because this might help you coming from someone who used to think the way that you possibly think right now. What Why it would have been valuable for me is because of the things I'm about to say. So one, when I was going through my bulimia, my bulimia really didn't keep my weight at bay. I did at first, but for the most part, I was just slowly but surely gaining weight. Um, when I recovered from bulimia, I was actually at the heaviest not the heaviest weight I've ever been. I guess it was the heaviest weight, but I have since then fluctuated in weight because of gained muscle, gone through like body recomposition, that sort of stuff. But it was definitely the highest body fat percentage I've ever been at in my life. I can for sure say that. And it was definitely one of my heavier weights in my life. And I did not feel good. I didn't feel like, <laughs> I didn't feel hot in my body. I didn't feel attractive. I didn't feel acceptable. I really hated my body in a lot of different ways. But... What's something that helped me so significantly during my recovery was practicing unconditional love for myself and my body. And at first this felt like giving up, but I'll tell you the reason that I tried it. And then the lessons that followed from doing that, the reasons I did it was because I felt like hating my body hadn't helped me. Maybe it worked for some people, but it certainly wasn't really working for me. It would sometimes encourage me to sporadically exercise and try really hard and go to the gym or something or go on crash diets. But ultimately, it just over time led me to give up even harder. I felt like there were days where I didn't even want to go to the gym because I was so ashamed of my body. There were days where days where I just wanted to eat ho-hos. Not really. I didn't, I just sounded funny, but I don't ever eat ho-hos. But there was times that I would just want to eat ice cream and pie and whatever comfort food I could have access to. Cause I thought, what's the point? My body's disgusting. I hate it. So why am I even bothering? So it really lowered my performance. That's maybe the first lesson. And so I, I started being understanding of that. I'll never forget when I was looking up weight loss advice and I heard Corinne Crabtree talking about how 
the first reason she said why you're eating when you shouldn't be eating isn't because you are disgusting or lazy or don't have enough willpower. She said, it's because you're so mean to yourself. And I resonated with that deeply because I was horrible to myself and the abuse I thought was motivating, but it really just led me to give up slowly, but surely it was like constantly having someone you're trying to do good things. And then having someone in your back corner saying, you suck, you're never going to get there. Like eventually you're going to give up. Someone keeps saying that, that you actually are listening to them because it's yourself. You'd listen to them. So I realized that that wasn't working. And then I also realized that it didn't matter regardless because I was miserable. And so I might as well try to befriend my body because what's the point in being miserable all the time if it's not going to change anyway? And I knew that I couldn't keep on being bulimic. I knew that I needed to change a lot of different things in my life. And so I figured, you know, is it really helping us to hate ourselves this much? Not really. We might as well be enjoyable or enjoying the body that we're living in, appreciating the body that we're living in. So we're going to try the bare minimum to be nice to ourselves and love ourselves to the best of our ability during this time, because what's the fucking point anyway? It's not helping and it's miserable and it's making my life worse, not better. So whatever. And then part of me also believed that I was incapable of changing my body. Part of me believed that you know, I'm probably never going to reach my physique goals. I'm never going to be able to alter my body in a way that works for me. I'm never going to be able to achieve any fitness goals. So I might as well just try something new. That was a, that wasn't actually true, but that lack of belief in myself actually helped me in some ways because it helped me let go. So here are the lessons I learned from loving myself at my heaviest. And I kind of touched on a lot of them just now, but I'll describe them more succinctly, hopefully. The first lesson is that it teaches you how to love yourself through any phase of your life. And even though this is going to sound dramatic, and but I know a lot of you guys will relate, I thought being overweight or being fat was the worst possible thing. And I'm not trying to shame those of you that are in larger bodies, but that was, I'm being real here, being vulnerable, that was what I thought. Like my worst fear was being fat, being overweight. And to me, that's laughable now because it's not the worst thing that could happen. My worst fear now is, you know, dying or being homeless or being in prison because I made a mistake on my taxes or something like that's what I fear now. But at that time, that worst fear was you can be fat and ugly. And I was using those synonymously. That's not necessarily synonymous, right? So it was my worst fear. And actually loving myself when I felt like I was at my worst fear taught me that I can get through anything, even though, of course, that's not the worst thing that can happen. But it really taught me if you can love yourself at a time where you don't feel that great about yourself, then boy, you can love yourself and have your own back during even greater mistakes than this. You can have it when you do fuck up, seriously. And you can still learn how to be nice to yourself and have compassion for yourself. Because loving yourself when you've achieved what you thought was your ultimate failure really is a lesson, right? Because you have every reason to be mean to yourself, but understanding and taking the time to actually look and see how can I forgive myself? How can, how am I still deserving of love? Really thinking about those things and then treating yourself accordingly. It gives you practice and loving yourself unconditionally. And that's one of the best gifts I ever gave myself during that time. And that's how, even when I make probably bigger mistakes now that I made back then, I can still move on and learn how to be nice to myself. And also 
I kind of was able to learn where that belief came from in the first place. I think back to why I was so scared of gaining weight because I was never overweight as a child. A lot of times people have been overweight and then they were unfortunately bullied. Their parents said mean, mean things to them, that sort of stuff. I think the reason that I was obsessed with not being overweight was my family upbringing and people oftentimes when they spoke to me, I'm not saying I'm like this supermodel. I don't think that's what I am, but people would oftentimes, if they complimented me on something, they compliment me on my artwork or they would compliment me on my looks and my height. They would never say Jacqueline's so smart or Jacqueline's so intelligent. Jacqueline has these cool abilities. They would say Jacqueline's so beautiful. And I think that really cemented into my subconscious of this is the most important thing. And if you are not getting validation for these things, you are less so you're less valuable. I also really watched my mother struggle with her weight. I went to Weight Watchers meetings with her, not because she thought I needed to lose weight, but because they didn't have a babysitter. So she was watching me. So I went with her, which is fine. But I watched adult women weigh themselves and you could tell they felt really bad about it and spoke negatively about it and shame themselves for it. And my mom was always worried about being in photos um, because of her weight. Just breaks my heart, you know, but I saw that from a very young age. So I think that also paired with the getting validation for being of a normal size and then also seeing the opposite side of it, of how much of a struggle it was for my mom with her weight. I think those two beliefs led me to think, being fat is the worst thing, which is obviously not true. Um, so many things wrong with that statement, right? But that's what I thought. And this is a side note, but if you are in a larger body and you have kids, this is not something I had to deal with because obviously I don't have kids, but practicing loving yourself unconditionally will, I'm getting kind of teary thinking about this. I didn't think that this would affect me so much, but Practicing loving yourself unconditionally in the body you have now, whether you in a larger body or in a skinnier body, whatever it is you're in, that will show your kids, even if you don't feel 100% confident, that it is okay to fluctuate in your weight. And of course, I believe in um, trying to take care of your body, being healthy. But I think above all, maybe if my I had seen my mother love herself unconditionally, my life might have been different, you know? So I think it's really important, something I want to do. Wow, I did not expect to get this emotional. Something that's really important for you to do, if not for yourself, if you have kids or other women, other friends, other other people in your group, whether you're a man, woman, maybe you don't identify with either gender, you identify as something else, whatever you are, loving yourself unconditionally, if you can't do it for yourself, showing an example to other people, you may actually be helping someone, whether they admit it to you or not. And for me, I think being confident in who I was, even at my heaviest weight, helped people around me see that it's okay to be yourself too. And it does not matter. I know that we say that we don't when we think, we don't think these things about other people, just ourselves. You know, we don't think, we don't look at other fat people and say that they're lazy or unattractive or these things, but we say that to ourselves. By saying it to yourself, you are inherently saying it about other people. Not directly, you're not trying to be mean, but you're holding this belief. And by the way that you're treating yourself, you're kind of showing that to other people. And you don't know who's watching you, who is picking up on those vibes. So learning to love yourself through that is not only going to show yourself how to give yourself unconditional love, no matter what happens through thick and thin, but it also shows other people. It's such a great example to other people that you are deserving of love no matter what your size is. And that's a very important lesson we all need to receive. But unfortunately, a lot of us did not receive that message 
as children. And so it's really important to do that for maybe the next generation that is coming after us. Anyway, this podcast took a turn. I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) The next thing is kind of going along with that. But if you actually do love yourself at, at a heavier weight, at a weight that you are uncomfortable with, you have nothing left to fear because technically your worst fears have come true. And bear with me here. It's kind of like, oh my God, she's talking about letting go again. But really when you love yourself through it, you 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 kind of just accept that this is who we are. You don't necessarily have anything left to fear and you've gone through the worst thing. So what else is there? And of course there are worse things, but when you just face your fear and like we're here and we're accepting it and we're learning how to live with it, you get a lot more confident in what you can handle next. And you know that you have the power to go through a lot of shit if you're able to go through this. It's almost like when I, it's almost like you're taking your power back. Um, When I shared my secret about bulimia on my Facebook group, it was a wild day. It really, I mean, even though, of course, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that vulnerable, but it was vulnerable for me. It was telling all of my friends and family, everyone who knew me on Facebook, hey, I struggle with bulimia as an adult, and now I'm starting this podcast because I supposedly think I can help people. And um, here you go. It's a very vulnerable moment. But after doing that, it was 15 to 20 minutes of panic. I actually went on a run immediately after doing that because I was so nervous. I couldn't sit still. I I couldn't even look at my Facebook. I didn't want to. But 15 minutes after that, I remember feeling this kind of like, fuck it. It's out there now. What are they going to do? They're going to come at me? Like the secret's out. It's there. And I felt the same way about my confession series I did on my Instagram a while ago, where I just spoke about things that I felt were my dirty laundry and aired them out in the open. I'm not saying you have to do this, but I think there's such power in just letting things go and taking your power back from it. Because if you, if you're the one saying it out loud, you're the one accepting yourself, you're the one standing up to your fear, there's nothing left to fear, right? You were facing your worst nightmare head on and realizing that you're not going to die, that you're okay, that you're still breathing, you're still living. No one can take that away from you. No one can take away what you think. No one can take away how you perceive things. It's always in your heart. It's always in your mind, right? And so outside of that, you have nothing left to fear. And I think me really facing my stigma of weight and um, what I thought of my body then and uh, really being like, no, I deserve love. Fuck you. This voice in my head, like, I don't need to be abusive towards myself. I don't need to do this. This isn't helpful. I can be who I am right now. I'm deserving of love. And even just me practicing showing up to the gym on days where I felt really fat and disgusting and telling myself, no, I'm worthy. I'm, I'm allowed to be here. I'm allowed to be seen. I deserve to be seen. I'm allowed to take up space. That was some empowering shit. It was really fucking awesome. And it made me think, who the fuck can fight me now, right? If I'm able to show up on days where I don't even feel good and still talk myself into feeling like I'm worthy, then what else do I have to fear? And that skill is something you can carry into bigger things. Because of course, since then, I've encountered new fears and I've unlocked new worst nightmares for myself that I worry about. But I know that if I could have if I really love myself during that time, I was able to take my power during back, back during that time. You can do it during anything. So loving yourself at your heaviest, not only does it teach you how to unconditionally love yourself at your worst, but it also teaches you the power that you have. And it teaches you that the fear you had was not really anything to fear in the first place. And it makes you approach fear in a whole different way because 
if something you feared was never actually that scary before, maybe you're wrong about other things too. And once you admit that you can be wrong and kind of go through that identity shift, then the world is your oyster, right? And you can keep on being wrong, keep on growth, keep on growing, keep on um, developing. So it's, it's really cool. Another lesson that I learned is how to be awesome regardless of size. And so this is an interesting one. Um, I, in college, was obsessed with, obviously, my weights. That's where my eating disorder really took on its darkest form. And I was, instead of going out with friends, I was running at midnight on a track near my house, which was, like, so unsafe. I can't believe I did that. But um, I was doing that instead of going out and socializing with friends. Or when I was out, was out with friends and we were getting a cheap pizza from Little Caesars, I was worried about how many calories were per, per slice and I was distant and removed. And I was always had this fantasy of like, I'm going to be the hot girl at the party. I'm going to be the skinniest girl at the party. I'm going to be so attractive, blah, blah, blah. All of that bullshit. And when I actually sometimes achieved my weight goals, when it would fluctuate to the weight that I wanted, I would show up to parties. And I would have zero personality. And I'm not saying everyone who is fit or reaches this standardized, idealized beauty is um, the perfect, has no personality. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that that was the case for me. And it's because I never spent time exploring other interests. The only thing I had to talk about was art school and, um, and, uh, and fitness and my life and diet, right? Uh, I didn't have any other interests to talk about. I didn't know what to say. I really didn't practice social skills all that much. So I was very awkward when I did get very rarely invited to parties. And most people just didn't invite me because I knew I was a reclusive loner, even though I wanted so badly to be social with people. But when I actually showed up to be there, I was a total weirdo because I just didn't know how to socialize. I didn't have anything to talk about. But really just accepting, okay, my weight, is not the main focus anymore. I'm going to focus on my life and building my life up. I became much more interesting and much better at communicating with people and had a much more fulfilling life because I put that weight on the back burner. When weight is, I always ask people this question, which is kind of interesting is if you weren't thinking about weight all the time, what would you be thinking about? And sometimes they're caught off guard because they're like, I don't know what I'd be thinking about. I don't know. And that's so common. I want you to know if that's you. It's okay. Don't feel bad. It doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means that you're not practicing thinking about anything else. Weight becomes your go-to thinking. It becomes your go-to problem to solve. I always know when I'm bored, when I start trying to pick little fights in my relationship, like if I have too much time on my hands, I will start thinking about all the different things that are wrong in my relationship, which is just not helpful. Every relationship has issues. And of course, like you work through some of those things, but sometimes I'll think about things that never bother me and then suddenly bother me when I have too much time on my hands. Same with your weight. Like it becomes this go-to easy thing to ruminate about. And when I really just put weight on the back burner, I'm like, we're not dealing with this right now. We're going to focus on other things. I enriched my life so much and became a much more interesting person than I ever was when I was obsessing over weight loss and stuff like that. Now, I feel like I have a very well-rounded life. Of course, if you have listened to this podcast, you know I love going to the gym. I'm training for a 10K right now, which is super exciting. I um, I have physique goals, right? I go to the gym and do moves that are not completely functional, but they are to change the aesthetic of my body. I'm not saying you can't have body goals, but that time in my life where I just literally put weight loss on the shelf, it did not pursue weight loss at all, and just wholeheartedly hands up surrendered and accepted what my weight was and accepted that I may gain weight, I may not, fuck it. 
was such a freeing time because I I really found out who I was without my eating disorder. And I'm so grateful I did that. And something cool is that I do it in a heartbeat again, if I needed to, if I had to gain 20 pounds, 30 pounds, if I had to gain hundred pounds right now, I have, and I say that with such privilege because I have never been hundred pounds overweight. So I don't want someone out there to hear that and think that I totally understand what they're going through because I'm not. It would be tough. It would be tough to be suddenly 100 pounds overnight if I woke up tomorrow. Whole identity shift. But I do trust myself that I'd be able to go through it and I'd be able to still love myself through that and then change things accordingly, right? Um, I think that being practicing unconditional love for yourself during a time in your life where you don't feel so good about yourself is one of the most powerful things you can do because you can love yourself through anything. And you can teach yourself how to still have fun and live your life regardless of those circumstances. It's the difference between um, kind of, you know, trying to fix the problem versus accepting and learning, learning how to live with it. Sometimes it's important to focus on fixing it, but when you're trying to recover, weight loss or weight management should not be the goal. It really should be about trying to build normalcy with food. That's a word. Um, being normal with food and bringing comfort with food and trying to lose weight or manage your weight kind of goes counterintuitively to that. So it's very important stuff. It was so helpful. And I'm really, really glad that I had that time in my life where I was at my heaviest so that I could practice really loving myself unconditionally. And then the other thing too, this is a side note for those of you guys that are kind of like triggered by this or thinking this is just letting go. You know, you, you tell me I can never pursue physique goals or why did you pursue, pursue physique goals if you are so happy with your body or loving your body? Firstly, accepting and loving your body does not mean you think everything is perfectly fine. <laughs> there were days where I didn't feel so good about my body, but I still practice love for myself. There were two separate things. Like it's like having food that doesn't taste that good. Like you're going to eat the food, but it's not, it doesn't taste that good. And you're not going to say you love, like, it's amazing. You're just going to say it's food. It's sustenance. Right. I think the the, my body's not an apology, that book, it's a really interesting book because she talks about how it's important to acknowledge things and not buffer or lie about it. And the fact that she doesn't love every single part of her body and that's okay. At least I think that's what she says. That is how it was for me too. Just because I accepted and loved my body does not mean I think I thought my body was suddenly flawless. I had many a days where I didn't feel super good. I still have those days where I don't feel super good about my body, but it's about practicing loving yourself anyway, regardless of those things and making them separate to your identity. But then secondly, something helpful about this is that when I did decide to um, pursue weight loss, I did after recovery, and I also pursued physique goals again, um, I wasn't in such a rush to do it. And I did it, did it in a much healthier way because I wasn't trying to lose weight or pursue physique goals to make myself feel better about myself. Like I had, I had become more solid in my identity. It wasn't so much like I need to do this so that I feel good and it needs to happen right now. It was, I kind of want to make some changes because I don't really love how I look and I'm feeling out of breath when I go up the stairs and I don't feel very good. So I'm going to make these physical changes and I'm, I'm willing to take, have it take a long time. It's not urgent. I just want to change these things. The vibe was very different is what I'm trying to say. And, um, making, if you are going to make any physical changes to your body, you gotta do it in a very slow, non-rushed, non-urgent way. If you are willing to make sacrifices to your mental or physical health for your, uh, weight changes or physical, um, physique changes, 
you probably shouldn't be making them because you shouldn't be willing to sacrifice your physical or mental health to make them. And that's something I'm never willing to do. Not now, not back then. And I think that is what keeps me in recovery as well. Okay. So I hope this episode was helpful for you guys. And I hope you guys that might've been triggered by it or, um, you know, felt like it was kind of a hard topic for you to listen to. I hope it resonated. And I hope those in larger bodies um, that are listening, that you understand what I'm saying and that you um, didn't feel like I was trying to insult you or make insinuations of those who in larger bodies. Um, because my ideas of those of people who were in a larger body, right? And were totally affected by my perceptions growing up and society at large, and they were never necessarily true. So I was just trying to be vulnerable about that, but I hope it didn't come across as insulting. I think everyone has the right to be loved no matter what size they are. And it's always your choice what you want to do with your body, of course. Um, Okay, but that's that for today. If you love this episode and you found it really helpful, I am working with people one-on-one. I have private coaching available. I work with people for six months to a year. It's a very intensive, long-term thing, but I do it because recovery takes time. So if you're interested in working with me, you like my personality and my craziness and um, think that we would be a good fit, book a consult with me on my website. We'll talk on the consult about what your problems are with bulimia, what your main barriers to recovery you think are. I'll provide you with solutions on the call that I think you should be focusing on, whether you work with me or not. And then we can talk about whether coaching is a good fit. I normally have these calls because I want to make sure that firstly, you don't necessarily need more help than I can give. I am not a medical professional. I am a coach, a nutrition coach that is different from a therapist or medical professional. And sometimes when people come to me, they I fear that what I would do with them might put them at risk medically. And therefore I recommend that they go to treatment or get help from a therapist or a medical professional alongside working with me. But we'll determine that on the call. And then you can just ask questions and see if coaching is a good fit for for you. And we can talk about it. And if we're a good fit, we can sign up and start working together. You can find all that on bingebreakers.com. Never give up on yourself, my friends. Thank you for listening. Bye. Hey, if you found this episode helpful, check out my website at bingebreakers.com. It has free courses, awesome group coaching, and private coaching available to you right now.